31,000, 45,000, the story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landour-Engel. Henriette Pizzoli, 31,626, The Run. Today is the 10th of February 1943, and it is minus 18 degrees. The 31,000 wake up early, under the shouts of the SS. The roll call starts and lasts from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. Four hours of staying still in the cold is tough. At 8 a.m., all the women are ordered out, out of the Birkenau camp. This is different. This has never happened before. 10,000 women walk and leave the camp. They don't go far, right in front of the entrance, on a little hill. 10,000 women stand there, ranged in squares of a hundred women, and they wait. They wait in the cold. They are not allowed to break the order of the squares. Any movement breaking the squares could result in violence. Some consider the idea of running away. Yet there are soldiers carrying machine guns all around. Running away would be suicidal. They are not allowed to speak. They wait. The 31,000 all wonder what this massive gathering could mean. Are the women leaving the camp? That would be absurd. The 31,000 have only been here for two weeks. Are they gathered to all be sent to another camp? Are they gathered to be sent to die in the forest? There are rumors of groups being sent there to be murdered, but you wouldn't bring 10,000 women at the same time. Yet they also know you don't get many explanations around here. Most times, there aren't any. There is this man on a horse, walking around, looking at them, without a word. Who is he? The other guards are looking at him. He seems to be the one taking decisions, yet he doesn't say a thing. The more time passes, the less the women can stand. The weaker ones start losing their balance, the squares lose their shapes. Guards use violence, yet the more violence is used, the less the women stand still. Every hour passing means hundreds of women simply falling on the ground. Henriette Pizzoli holds. But she is really scared for her aunt, Gabrielitis. She is 49 years old, and the next hours of standing during these terrifying roll calls might be too much for her. Back in 1941, France lost the war and was getting used to being occupied by the German army. Life carried on, eventually. Henriette Pizzoli wanted to end her extramarital relation with Alphonse Baconnier. He was married, he was violent. Henriette deeply regretted her affair with him. Alphonse didn't want to end anything. He threatened Henriette to kill him. Henriette contacted the police. A detective worked on the case. The detective studied Alphonse's case. Alphonse indeed threatened to kill Henriette. 
wasn't so hard to figure that out. The detective could have stopped here, but he decided to dig deeper. Alphonse couldn't get over his breakup with Henriette. He didn't kill Henriette, but when he heard that her husband, prisoner of war in Germany, escaped and went in hiding in Gabrielle's house, Alphonse didn't hesitate a second and denounced him. Alphonse truly was a terrible human being. Thankfully though, this time, no one was arrested. The police never found Henriette's husband. On the 22nd of June 1942, 19 prisoners escaped from the Royalieu camp in Compiègne. A tunnel was dug, thanks to heroes like Antoine Corgiati, Giobbe Pazzini and Louis Odier, two of the people who escaped. Louis Torres and Henri Legal decided to ask Alphonse for help. They needed somewhere to hide. Torres thought he could trust Alphonse. His wife was Torres' adopted sister. But all Alphonse could think was that he finally had his revenge. He told the two prisoners to hide at Henriette's, who accepted and offered her house while she stayed at her aunt's. Alphonse denounced Henriette again. The detective studied the case again. He arrested the prisoners. He arrested Henriette, her aunt and uncle, as well as Alphonse. All the men were shot on the 11th of August, including Alphonse, who was still glad that at least he got his revenge. Henriette and Gabrielle were later deported to Birkenau, and as for the detective, he felt uneasy about it all. Thinking about it all started with a young woman contacting the police because her ex-lover threatened to kill her, made him feel uncomfortable. He somehow felt a little played by Alphonse at the end. Back to the present, Gabrielle stands still, so does Henriette. Many women have fallen on the ground, but the 31,000 are all standing. The quarantine has left them with more energy than the other women in Birkenau. The sun is falling, and after an entire day of standing in the cold, all the women are finally told to come back to Birkenau. The roll call is finally over. The 31,000 start working again, leaving behind them a thousand women, fallen on the snow, like on a battlefield. As they walk back through an odd corridor made of guards, José warns the women to run as fast as they can. The 31,000 don't quite understand, yet José is to be believed, always, so they run as fast as they can. After spending so long in the freezing cold, Running is incredibly difficult. The older women just can't. The youngest carry the oldest, the daughters their mothers. Alice Viterbo, with her wooden leg, receives help from Hélène Salomon. Simone Sampé, her toes frozen, is held by two women on each side. The women run through the corridor. The guard hit them. They grab the weakest and throw them on the side, leaving the others join the barracks. Henriette holds her hand, terrified of being separated to her. They both run as fast as they can. None of them gets picked up, fortunately. But 14 women, among the 31,000 are missing, including Hélène Brabander and Alice Viterbo, grabbed and sent away in a different block, Block 25. 
there is no food there, only waiting and starving to death. A tragedy. Why did they have to go through such a day? It is frustrating to ask questions in Birkenau. You get so few answers. But this time, the guards and the SS wanted the woman to know the answer to that question. Germany just lost control of Stalingrad. The Russians just got their first victory. More than 100,000 German soldiers just became prisoners. So the man on the horse, that general or commandant, whose name was Hoss, he was so upset about Stalingrad that he needed a revenge. A revenge for Stalingrad. This is what happened. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31,000-45,000, the story of two trains of French members of the Résistance. My name is Mathieu Landau Engel, and among the 31,000 and the 45,000, I have decided to focus on around the 100 of them. This was a very subjective decision based on the information I could find and also narrative possibilities. This episode was about Henriette Pizzoli and the 10th of February 1943 run. The run was a traumatizing event for the 31,000 and the women prisoners of Birkenau. It was a cruel event, which made no sense whatsoever. The sources from this event mostly come from Charlotte Delbo's book. She was able to know the temperature that day, as there was a thermometer at the entrance to the camp. She was able to know the time, as she was one of the few who still had a watch on her. She identified the commandant Hoss, who was the commandant of Auschwitz concentration and extermination camp. Hoss was the longest commandant of the camp from the beginning to the end with a brief pause between November 1943 and May 1944. He ran the place and is responsible of the carrying of the extermination of the European Jewish population. He was arrested on the 11th of March 1946. He was a witness during the Nuremberg trial. He wrote a book about his life as he was captive and was later tried and hanged on the 16th of April 1947. His book, Commandant of Auschwitz, the autobiography of Rudolf Huss, is a tough one to advise. I read it when I was younger and I thought that the man mostly tried to avoid the blame on his crimes. For this project, I decided not to read it again and to focus more on the victim testimonies rather on the perpetrator's excuses. The story of Henriette Pizzoli and Gabrielle Etis is another example of how the 45,000 and the 31,000 were linked, as some 45,000 uh, participated in the construction of a tunnel in Compiègne, where 19 prisoners escaped, some of whom were hidden thanks to Gabrielle and Henriette. The Stalingrad battle is uh, one of the most well-known battles between the German and the Russians, one of the largest in World War II, between 23rd of August 1942 and the 2nd of February 1943. More than 2 million people participated to that battle, probably a million died. At the end, the German army was surrounded inside the city without food or ammunition. The German army surrendered and 90,000 soldiers were captured. The battle was one of the biggest German defeats and considered as a turning point in the Eastern War, as Germany started a defensive position where it had been on the offense so far. For many, it meant the Russian could hold. 
that the Germans were not invincible, that the Allies could win the war. The parallel I'm making between the two stories may be too much on the nose, but it is also an obvious reminder that masculine revenge is too often directed on women. The revenge for the defeat of Salingrad led to the women's race on the 10th of February. Alphonse's revenge led to the deportation of Gabriel and Henriette. It is also, as was the previous episode, an example that denouncing also often led to your own execution, as Alphonse was still executed. I assume the, uh, the policeman working on the case of Gabriel Etis and Oriane Pizzoli may have felt tricked by Alphonse Baconnier, but I have no way of proving it. I have been trying to find Henriette Pizzoli's relatives. Unfortunately, my research wasn't successful. If by any chance you know of someone related to her, please let me know. I would be very pleased to get in touch and make sure the text I wrote doesn't contain any errors. My sources for this story are the book Le Convoi du 24 Janvier by Charlotte Delbo, A Train in Winter by Caroline Moorhead. My sources also are Red Triangles in Auschwitz by Claudine Cardon-Amet, the website Memoir Vive, the Foundation for the Memory of Deportation website, and the fantastic website Auschwitz.org. Thank you very much for listening. The next episode will be about José Maria Alonso and the water issue in Birkenau. 31,000, 45,000, the story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landour-Engel.